Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy uh, once again coming to you. Uh, and we want to just greet you. We want to greet all our listeners, wherever you're at, wherever you find yourself. Uh, we just thank you for tuning in with us on another podcast. Uh, that uh, this is about, I think this is now our eighth day, consecutive day, uh, speaking uh, a little bit on the coronavirus, what's taking place, what God is saying. And uh, we have been uh, sensing, and I know it's the Lord, uh, as we are speaking to you from the Word of God prophetically of what is God saying in this hour. And I just want to invite you, two things. I want to invite you, if you are being blessed by these podcasts and you feel of the Lord to share them, go ahead and share them. And also, we also want to invite you that when you do join us, to please always have your Bible with us so that we can see the Scriptures together so that we can study the scriptures together and and see what God is saying in this hour. We are living in a very momentous time. Uh, we are living in, 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 for the Christian, exciting times, exciting in the sense that all of this is telling us that the coming of the Lord is sooner than when we first began. But meanwhile, uh, we are going to get into the Bible study. We're going to get into the word of God. I am excited about what God has for us. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Marty, but also joining with us is Brother Fernando, myself, Brother Marty, and we're just so happy uh, to be with each and every one of you. So, Brother Marty, I'm going to uh, leave it to you today to start this Bible study, and God bless you, and good to be with each and every one of you. Amen. It's exciting. Again, like you said, this is our eighth day, and it seems like every day brings with it a new and, um, you know, astounding development across the world um what we are seeing and what we are witnessing has never it, it's unparalleled in in human history and as we get into the the study today um I, I just encourage you uh brother fernando pastor jeremy to just jump in as you feel inspired and uh and we'll go along and and uh and hopefully uh bring some light and some insight uh by the spirit of the lord as he allows but in all things glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this calamity that we're dealing with, this coronavirus, uh, this plague that's gripped the world, for those who have eyes to see, it, it really is a signal to the children of God that things have, have now, which, which have now begun um, and, and are beginning to uh, accelerate are markers and signposts to the spiritually discerning that something profound and something prophetic and and really in, in in seeking not to overstate it apocalyptic is taking place and right. these events we need to remember because this is what started our podcast before which back in you know eight days ago these events are occurring in the season of passover yes now yes for those who have eyes to see we we understand by the word of god that that he always speaks through festivals, feasts, occurrences, things that the world won't understand, but things that the spiritually discerning who have been trained and led by the Holy Spirit and have oil in their lamps, uh, they begin to see patterns emerge and how God speaks, how he speaks to a generation. The Bible is replete with examples of, of, of seasons and times and specific events uh, that were supposed to alert the children of God to, to the prophetic unfolding uh, 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 in relation to what it is that God is doing and where we are along the timeline as things pertain to end-time events. Now, these events which are occurring, in this, are occurring in this particular case in the season of Passover, and I believe that it's speaking to us and and that the, these events which are occurring around the season of Passover, that they're teaching us by the Holy Spirit, if we can hear it, that the prophetic pattern of the Passover and quite possibly the fulfillment of that prophetic pattern has begun. Remember, in the final Passover and the events which led up to it, uh, which the Lord experienced, we do see a foreshadowing, metaphors, if you will, even though the historical narrative is correct it actually took place in a much deeper sense those who understand that the spirit 
or the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, like it says in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 10, we understand that these things were metaphors. The smaller things portend or foretell a much larger thing in the flow of prophetic timeline that will manifest itself in the end days. Now, there will be many characteristics as to how God's people respond in these times. We understand that a, that a cry goes out, as Jesus describes it in Matthew 25, at midnight. And that the cry is to wake up because the bridegroom is coming. And when that cry goes forward, suddenly there are five that are called wise and five that are called foolish. The five that are called wise, they have oil in their vessels, as the Lord describes it. And they're able to trim the lamps that they're carrying and add oil to it for a bright, white, burning flame that will lead them in the darkness of the night on the shore path. Subsequently, there's also five that he calls foolish. They are those who, who go to the word or, their, or have their lamps, but they have no oil. That is, they have no insight or no light to open the scriptures. And so what we're about to get in today is along those lines. I encourage you, if you've never heard these kinds of teachings or these methods or modes of seeking and understanding Scripture at a deeper spiritual level, to take your time with this podcast and to go step by step with what we're, what we're saying and, and pray and see if the Lord reveals to you if you can't understand. It doesn't mean that you won't be able to understand. It just simply means that you need to take some time to really reflect and meditate on what we're about to say. So with that in mind, I believe that it is the final, in the final Passover, which the Lord, he experienced, which culminated with Calvary and then subsequently the resurrection three days later, in that final Passover, which he experienced, we therefore, we see, prophetically speaking, a foreshadowing, a metaphor of the last day, the true, uh, of the last day, and, 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 the, and the true church, which will emerge. Because remember, when Jesus was here, he embodied the church. He was the church. Remember what he said when he came and cleansed the temple? He told the Pharisees, you destroy this temple, and I'll raise it up again in three days. And John goes on to say they didn't understand that he was actually talking about his own body, right? Well, right. comparing Scripture with Scripture, the Apostle Paul reveals to us in the book of Corinthians that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have now become the temple of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ is the head of his temple. He's the chief cornerstone. Uh, he's the head in which the whole body groweth up to and becomes what? A holy temple, a habitation of God by the Spirit. So when you see Jesus walking on the earth, he is the church in full. But when he rises from the dead and the gospel begins to bear fruit, suddenly the church is enlarged, and it becomes the temple with Christ as its head. And so when you take that lens and apply it to these types, shadows, and prophetic metaphors, then when you look at Jesus in the beginning of his ministry, understand you're also looking at the church at the end of time, who is his body. Now, you might have to rewind that and think that through, but trust me, it is scripture. Now, listen, we're going to take a journey today by permission of the Lord and those who can hear it will hear it, and those who can't, I ask you to ask the Holy Spirit, and he will, he will give it to you so that you can both see and hear uh, what thus saith the Lord. Now, with that in mind, let us go to the Scriptures real quick, and let us take a look at what I believe the Lord is saying concerning what is currently gripping the world and the season that we're about to enter in, which is the Passover, because there are many prophetic parallels. If there was a title to what we're about to talk about, it's Lazarus, the Passover, and the coming tribulation period. Now, in John chapter 11, verse 55, we're told something uh, about the Jewish Passover being close at hand. But before the Jewish Passover actually came, there was an event, which today I'm going to call the Lazarus event or the Lazarus effect. When we go back to John chapter 11, verse 1, that event was the death of Lazarus. And I think we begin by the Spirit of God. If you can hear what I'm telling you, that we are beginning to see a Lazarus event take place right now before our very eyes. Listen to this, chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick. His name was Lazarus 
of Bethany. He was of the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he who you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said this, This sickness is not unto death, but it is for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified by it. Now, we, you guys can jump in any time, but we've, we've been hearing many, many people ask the question, is this the end of the world? Have all things come to an end? Is this pandemic going to, gonna, you know, destroy the whole world? Well, no, it's not. We know that there is much right. prophetic scripture yet to be fulfilled, right? And, and, and we see that in the prophetic metaphor, if you will, in that there was a sickness that came in the life of Lazarus just before the Passover. There was a sickness that came to the life of, of Lazarus back in that time, just before the Passover. It is prophetically significant if we apply the lens of proper, deeper spiritual understanding to then liken it to our time. Because it's not just a plague that's affecting a particular geographic territory. It is a sickness or a virus that has gripped the whole world. And it is occurring, as we have been teaching, precisely as Passover is coming close. Are you following me? Yes. Yes. All right. So Jesus says this about it. First of all, understand this, that where Lazarus and Mary lived was called Bethany. Bethany is is translated the house of mercy, I mean, of, of misery. It can be translated the house of dates or the house of misery. And so taking the prophetic lens and applying it to that, it appears that a a house will be thrust into a time of misery by way of a sickness or a plague. This is exactly what we see happening in this country, in the United States of America, and around the world. There are those that are experiencing great misery right now as a result of this. And what we can learn from this being just ahead of Passover is extraordinary because it parallels our time. But when Jesus said the sickness isn't unto death, he's literally, uh, uh, in our sense and in our time, what, what we can see by that is that what is occurring right now, just ahead of Passover, remember the title of this little teaching is Lazarus, the Passover, and the coming tribulation period. So a Lazarus event must take place just before a Passover event. And the fulfillment and the large fulfillment of what Passover represents is what we hope to get into today. This is more than likely going to be a two-part thing, but, I, but we'll have a good full understanding by the time we get to the end of this. So Jesus says and declares, this sickness is not unto death, but it is for the glory of God and for the Son of God. So I want to first address the church. If you're feeling apprehensive, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling as if uh, this is just more than you can handle. Listen to the comfort of the words of the Lord who says, this sickness, this plague is not unto death, but God is going to get the glory out of it. Understand, right. in the amen. parallel, amen. what we, amen? In the parallel, what we have here is that this event set in motion a whole series of events. In John 11:55, like we were just talking about, we said the Passover was near. That's what John said. He identifies the time frame. And this is why we who study biblical prophecy are excited, because as the Lord is revealing this, and I'm speaking to spiritual people who can hear with spiritual ears and see with spiritual eyes, what the Lord is literally revealing is that, that to us, it is almost as a Lazarus effect. A sickness, a plague has come. And many people are searching and wondering what is going to happen. But what the Lord said in his time and what he's saying to us in this time is this sickness is not unto death. And we know that it's prophetic because this occurred in Lazarus, Mary, and Martha's life at a time that was just before Passover. And what is happening right now is occurring just before Passover. Now, listen. Right. 
the sickness also came with a recovery, right? It was a resurrection. And it's near the Passover. Now, we want to take a, an interesting look with that groundwork laid because, because we know what Jesus did. He would go to the tomb and he would call Lazarus forth. In other words, he passed away, but he didn't stay that way. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit real briefly here about the condition of the church. Because there are many people who, because they have found themselves in a culture and in a society, in a society and within a, 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 an establishment church context, who literally have been being fed a compromised gospel, which ultimately, spiritually speaking, has led to their demise. We have an entire generation, if you will, that for all intents and purposes is spiritually dead. And so the natural pandemic is reflected of a spiritual reality. What we are witnessing today is reflective of the condition of the spiritual hearts of many across the world. They are dying. Yes. They are sick. They are infirmed. And many people yes. like Martha and Mary who have sent word by their prayers and intercession for their loved ones, for the nations, for the church, go down the list. They're asking God to allow this uh, to be lifted from Lazarus, if you will. But Jesus mm. does something. He delays. He doesn't come right away. And understand that when God doesn't come right away, especially in the midst of something that he is going to get glory out of, the interim period becomes a period of testing, trial, scrutiny by the fire of the Holy Spirit that begins to manifest and, 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 and uh, expose hearts all over the world, but especially within the community of faith. These trials, these tests are designed to bring out, remember what Peter said, don't think it's strange about the fiery trial that's about to try you, brethren, right? As if something strange has happened to you. But understand this, that the trying of your faith being more precious than gold, when it's had its full work in you, it will bear much fruit. It will bring glory to God and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we know the story. The condition of the modern church is one of a death throw. It's been dying for years. They try to prop it up with makeup, bright lights, and, and loud music nowadays. But the truth of the matter is, is it's dying. And when this thing comes out, there will be a, a group of people who will have died, if you will. But Jesus is going to come out of this thing and raise them and create a whole new thing. Remember, when Lazarus came out, he was bound hand and foot. Many are going to come out of this the other side, no longer hanging out in the house of misery, but coming out nonetheless with the necessity to have the true gospel bring freedom to what they do and their spiritual walk, right? Loose him. He was bound hand and foot. Now, I'll just leave that at that, and you guys can that are listening can, can, can pause and go back and listen. But now, let us go forward, because now we're going to go post-resurrection. We know that Lazarus would be raised from the dead. And it's very interesting because he comes out of being raised from the dead, and, and it sets in motion a whole series of events. What I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, I believe, is that we're going to come out of this thing that a great miracle is going to happen amongst many people. I call them like a Lazarus generation. They are the spiritually dead who through this event will have an encounter with God. He will be glorified and they will experience, if you will, a resurrection in their spirituality and a renewal of their faith, only this time no longer tied to a house of misery that led them to this position, but they will come out a brand new creature Filled with the resurrection power of God. Now we go to we go to John chapter twelve. And now fasten your seatbelts, right? Because we're gonna go we're gonna go really quickly from this point on. Many are going to come to the Lord out of this pandemic. It will cease. There will be a coming out, if you will, 
like Lazarus and his resurrection, many are going to come alive. And it'll be like a church called out of the tomb. Life is going to spring forth from this death. That's what God is telling me. For us and, and for them. Look what happens now. Lazarus is raised. Remember, we're entering into the Passover season. Look what happens in chapter 12, verse 1. Are you guys there? Yes. Chapter 12, verse 1 in your Bibles, the Gospel of John. Yes. Listen, listen to this. Then, this is, after, this is after Lazarus has risen from the dead. Jesus, six days before what? The Passover. He comes back to Bethany where Lazarus was which had been dead and and whom he raised from the dead. Now, they they made him a supper and Martha serves, but Lazarus was one of them which sat at the table. Now listen to this. Then Mary takes a pound of ointment of spike and they are very costly and she anoints Jesus' feet and she wipes his feet with her hair and check this out. The house... Notice that term. The house is filled with the odor of the ointment. Now, what do we see? Because what are you saying, Brother Marty? What's going to come out of this will be a group like Lazarus who will be raised from the deadness of, of where this false system and church has taken them prior to this pandemic. They're going to come out because God is not going to leave them in that condition. Out of this death is going to come a new church, and they're going to be sat in a position of fellowship with the Lord. But notice the kind of church it's going to really be, because I think out of this we're going to see an emergence of a new church. Remember, the house of Bethany is called the house of misery. However, in the house right. of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, what do we see? Mary represents, yes, Mary represents a church that will, in essence, lavish their most precious gifts on the Lord. It's a humble church who seeks to anoint his feet, if you will. It speaks of their humility. See, a new church is going to come out of this for a short period of time. Because remember, the Lord is going to come for a glorious church without spot and wrinkle. And notice the, the language of the Holy Spirit. It says that after this resurrection, Jesus comes to a particular house. He, he's going to come to the house of, of the Marys and the Marthas and, and of the Lazaruses who have been called forth out of dead, dry, destructive, false religion. And a new church is about to be formed. It's a new house. It's a house of humility. It's a house of resurrection power. It's a house that will be filled with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? No. <laughs> yes. But now listen to this. This this these are the series of prophetic events that I'm that the Lord is speaking to me about and what he tells me is that when this house which is going to come out it's already being formed by the way. Many of you are already experiencing this. But there's going to be a period after this pandemic that is going to see a true church and that's the church, that's the church house, if you will. That's the temple of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is going to come and sit with and have supper or have fellowship. And that church is going to experience the fragrance of the Lord himself. Mm. But understand, we're headed to the Passover still, right? And, and these events begin to expose things. Because what people are, oh, I feel his presence. <laughs> Hallelujah. What people are wondering is what's going to happen? What What's going to happen through this? I'm telling you the most glorious church you've ever seen, the true worshipers of Jesus Christ, who he comes to. He comes to their house. And, and, and they prepare something for him. They're always prepared to give to him. They're humble. They will be lavishing their most precious value, which is their life in humility seen in that typology picture of Mary pouring out her ointment on his feet. And, and an odor will be filling the house of the sweet fragrance of the Holy Spirit. 
but into this, and because this church begins to emerge, something begins to also be set in motion, and we see that in the very next verse. Judas is exposed. Verse 4 says that when the house becomes filled with the presence of the ointment, then says one of his disciples, and so John is referring so that we won't know who it is. Who it is? He says it's Judas Iscariot. Then says <laughs> Judas says Judas Iscariot, who was going to be the one who betrayed him. Now listen to me, church, and those of that are your, that are, are prophetic students of the word. Coming out of this Lazarus event during the time of a Passover season, we will see a church emerge that is humble that is that is been raised from dead religion if you will and a backslidden church into a new house not no longer the house of misery bethany seen in the metaphor of bethany but now in the house where jesus is sitting and the fragrance of his presence will fill the house when this church begins to emerge out of this and it's already beginning to emerge for those of you who have eyes to see and ears to hear it's going to set in motion a revealing because what's coming out of this, like we've been saying for the last day, eight days, is a completely new world like we have never seen before. It is a precursor to the unveiling of the Antichrist seen in Judas Iscariot, John chapter 12, verse 4. He can't stand this new church. He will not be able to abide this new church just as the Antichrist will not be able to abide and will hate the true church of Jesus Christ that will emerge out of this thing that we're experiencing right now. When the odor fills the house, Judas is revealed. He's the one who should betray him. He's the type of the Antichrist. So what are you saying? That, the, that, that all that is transpiring right now, all that is taking place and what will emerge out of it will be a new church filled with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, Jesus himself will be in the midst, and the demonstration of the resurrection power will be evident to everyone. But this kind of dynamic church is the foreshadow, if you will, or the announcement, if you will, that Judas is on his way. The Antichrist will be exposed by it. This is what happens mm. in verse 4. When Judas, Simon's son, which should betray him, He's not in his fullness yet. We don't see that until the Passover supper when the one who should be betray him is revealed. But that's for a, a few moments ahead. Now listen. Then one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, what does he say? <clears throat> he says, why was not this ointment, what, sold? See, he's also yeah. a type of, of, the, of the false church that will still be in existence when we come out this other side. But the glory of God that will be resting on the true house will expose an even deeper corruption that will begin to exist and flow through all these compromised churches. They look at the Holy Spirit as an invigorator to make profit. That's what Jesus says. Why wasn't this ointment judas says why isn't this ointment sold and why wasn't it given to the poor so what do we see judas complains he, he's kind of like a foreshadow of uh, of these prosperity preachers we have today and all these hyper charismatic and false pentecostals they use the presence of the lord as a pretext for helping the poor when the truth of the matter is, at verse 6, it says he didn't really say that because he cared for the poor. He says it because he's a thief. And he mm. kept the bag, and he was the one who controlled the money, right? He bore the bag and everything that was put in it. Now, how does this apply to us in our prophetic pattern? It's a foreshadow of the Antichrist. And in, and in our time, it, it pertains to the son of perdition. You know, he, he's nearing, he's coming, and this kind of a church is going to unveil him. But now I want you to look at it the way the Lord told me as well. Out of this Lazarus event, what have we seen take place in the United States? They just went, and, and I hope you can receive this, they just went and passed the largest 
bill in the history of the of the of the American nation some two hundred I mean some two trillion dollars and what do they say yeah. it's for? It's for the relief of the poor, right? <laughs> we wanna help all the right. all these poor people, right? right? We wanna help all these poor people. It's a false narrative. It energizes thievery. So if you can see what God is saying, the events are converging and replaying themselves on a global scale. It's a socialist, globalist agenda that's emerging. Let's let's sell this money and and give handouts. That's what Judas said, right? Right. Let's sell this ointment and give it to the poor. They are saying the same thing today in the United States. Let's create this $2 trillion bill so that we can help the poor. But the truth is, you know as well as I do, if you study any points of this bill, it's like a giant uh, you know, bag that everybody's dipping their hand to, and they're stealing the American people blind, the, the unemployed, the ones who have lost their jobs, and they under the pretext of we want to help the poor. It's, it's the onset of a slow social agenda. It's the spirit of the Antichrist, and it's all up in our nation right now, and you've got preachers supporting it. You've got knuckleheads talking about we need to get back to work next week because we got to help the people. That's not why. It's because you've got a bunch of fat cat Wall Street bankers that are shaken to their bone and are afraid they're going to lose their golden parachutes at this time. You've got billionaires worried about all the investments they have because their corporations are coming down. So what do they do? They go and vote to give themselves $2 trillion. Not because they care mm. for the poor, but because they're thieves. The spirit of Antichrist is on the rise. It's socialist balances by deceit. Excellent. Yes. And, and and that is exactly what I'm saying. That's what I believe the Lord is telling us. If you have eyes to see. Now this morning I sent an article to you, Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Fernando, that just this morning in London, the former Prime Minister, Gordon Brown, gets up and has a big press conference or was interviewed by one of the, the, the Guardian newspaper over there, and he's calling for a new global government. Isn't that right? Did you read that article? Yes. Yeah, right. Now he said, "Now is the time for global leaders to create one world government to tackle the twin medical and economic crisis caused by go. the Chinese." You know, and then he also said this uh, that there should be one executive that leads this one world government. Say that again. Say, so, say that again. What else did he say? The, the, he wants a global government, the, the, but he wants what? One executive, one main guy. One main guy to run the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. Sounds familiar, they right? No, they are no longer hiding it. They make, they're making it clear of what their agenda is. No longer secretly, no. This is telling us flat out what they desire, right? Yeah. To bring a yeah. one world government with one executive leader. Hmm. And and that, that with one executive leader, that's 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 uh that's politician speak for uh uh for for the Antichrist, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Might as well just say that son of perdition, that wicked one, you know, that's that 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 uh that beast that's been given a mouth, you know, who boasts against God and, and he attacks the church, right? They're calling for it. We're right there if you can see it. Now, listen, this gives way, right? Judas begins to be unveiled, but how the Antichrist is first seen. And this is interesting because I heard a message several months ago uh, that, that, that the great teacher, Brother Jacob Prash, preached. And he preached it, I think, sometime around when, like the early 80s. And he was talking about the social agenda that had come out of the 60s and 70s and this move towards socialism. And he said it reminded him of how Judas wanted to sell stuff and give it to the poor. And I thought, wow, that's, you know, that's a, a tremendous insight. Well, as we've gone along and, and we've begun to study these things as God was revealing these to us, I began to see not only is it a foreshadow of a socialist type move, it's bigger than that. Because what we see yeah. in Judas is that it is this kind of event that begins to unmask the spirit of Antichrist, right? Guised and wrapped in a relief package. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble, wow. man. So. <laughs> well, is, well so, is, it, is it coincidence? 
I mean, it, it's the same spirit that was moving in uh, Judas uh, as as uh, Passover approach that we're seeing unveiled in our own time in politics. Yeah. That's again. That's yeah. that's what the listener has to consider and say. Yeah. Wait a minute. This same spirit that we're seeing right now. This so-called relief for the poor. Uh, it's it's the same spirit that began to move through Judas. They have to make That's that incredible. connection. Yes, and and Judas is a type or a foreshadow of the Antichrist, right? He's called the son of perdition. Yeah. That's right. The old, he's the only one, by the way, brothers, with the exception of the Antichrist, where where he he's the only one who who's the only one in all the scripture where it actually says that Satan enters him. Entered him. Right. 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 And so and so that is the same type or Judas was a type of the one that's coming, the one that's already here, I believe, only to be unveiled in the not too many distant future days. He will also be the one that says that 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 Apollyon or the demonic presence of Satan himself will go into the body of the one that will become the Antichrist, just like he entered Judas before he betrayed Christ. Now, listen. So what do you what else are we saying? So Judas begins to be unmasked. And what we see happening right now out of this sickness that isn't unto death and this new church we believe is going to emerge where Jesus will come to that house and it'll be a house that will be humble and one that will be filled with the resurrection power, the testimony of his resurrection power and the fragrance of his spirit. This is what's going to come out of this time. And out of this time also then we begin to see in in, in anticipation of, of the ultimate betrayal we begin to see the spirit of Antichrist manifested in the type of Judas Iscariot, who under the guise and the garb of a benevolent, let's help the poor kind of attitude is actually a thief seeking to, to steal and, and, and to kill and to destroy, really. And I think that's what we see right now taking place across the world. Germ Germany passed a, a, a $1 tr trillion bill. The United States has passed a $2 trillion bill. Singapore this morning passed a $33 billion bill. All the pop the politicians and the pundits and the, and the big connected uh, rich uh, guys around the world, they're looking at these events as the biggest money grab the globe has ever seen. It is the spirit of Antichrist under the guise of helping the people. Mm. You see that, oh, brother, brother Marty, too, for the yeah. listeners out there, uh, and you can correct me, but for the listeners outside, so we are using the story of Lazarus, but we're seeing there is a parallel. We a are pattern. declaring a pattern that yes. uh, first we see Lazarus. Number one, who was Lazarus? Lazarus was one who was close, one of the few people, one of the few families where Jesus would actually go and visit and, and spend time with them a type of the church who yeah. where a sickness came upon them but the bible says a sickness unto death and and the bible says that but jesus said that it is for the glory of god and even though that he tarried the sickness uh excuse me he, he came and lazarus was resurrected there was great joy uh a glorious church once again is comforted arises from this at the same time we see uh the spirit of Antichrist moving through Judas, who who his intentions are revealed when the Bible says that when he says that he wanted uh, the what Martha did right the fragrance that uh, she said we should use it for the poor he said right and and it reveals really what his intentions was was really he was a thief it was for his gain right yeah so yeah. Well, so, so just just for the listeners to understand the pattern that we're seeing here uh of what is taking place yes. to say that. amen and so and so you see both right i mean you see the unveiling or the foreshadow or, or, or of the of, of the spirit of antichrist in judas he takes the ointment which has been told before in the previous verse that is going to fill this house remember bethany was identified as the place they lived the house of misery but now after Lazarus is resurrected from the dead, our attention is specifically turned not to the house of misery, but to the house of Lazarus, Martha, and Mary, where Jesus is sitting. It is a, it is a foreshadow in a prophetic sense of this end-time church. It's coming forth. It has, it has died for all intensive purposes, 
but it is going to be resurrected because as you quite uh, wonderfully pointed out, these were people that Jesus loved and fellowshiped with, but but they represent a, a church that that has has had its 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 position of relationship with Christ um, cut off, if you will, for a season, as Jesus was not where they were when they needed him, so to speak, and they found themselves in Bethany, which means the house of of misery. In other words, the climate around them, if you want to take it metaphorically, can represent, if you will, the, the kind of climate that we've seen emerge over the last 20, 30, 40 years that has literally brought those who had intimate relationship with Jesus into a place of misery, a place of sickness, and ultimately a place of the, of the dying of, of, of their own faith in many ways. And so Jesus allows this to happen so that he can come to them and resurrect them out of a sickness that isn't unto death. It was for uh, a, a, a prophetic uh, declaration to an end time generation to pay attention because it all occurs in the same season that is just before a Passover. And it's the same thing that we see if you have eyes to see and ears to hear what we see happening now. And I remind you again, we're just several days ahead of the Passover season. All of this has been taking place leading up to the Passover season, what we're talking about. Now, because Lazarus has, has risen from the dead, Jesus comes to his house, he's having fellowship, they're having supper, there's, there's, an, there's an exhibition of great humility and sanctity and holiness in Mary pouring the ointment on the feet of Jesus, representing the humility of the church, the response of Jesus, and that humility touching his feet fills that house, a type of an end-time church, with the glory and the fragrance and the presence of Almighty God. And it's that ointment, it's that fragrance that then begins to unmask Judas, a type of the false church and a type of that antichrist that is yet to come. Couched and clothed in the false narrative that they care for the poor, Judas says, let me sell this ointment. See, that is what the false church is like. They like to take the ointment or the fragrance and turn it into merchandise. They like to take the presence of God and market it and, and use it for merchandise. Uh, you know, send me your 20 bucks and I'll send you this little piece of the cross. But the 20, I'm going to use 15 of it to help the poor. It's a lie. So this is going to be exposed even more so coming out of this Lazarus event heading towards the Passover. Now, let's quickly that, that's hurry. Such a parable. That's powerful, Brother Marty, what you're saying. So the ointment is the type of, of the Holy Spirit, right? Yes, the fragrance, right? It's the all fragrance, reflective yes. of the spirit, right? And that's what they're making merchandise of. That's what Judas said, right? Why mm -hmm, should we mm -hmm. waste this? You know, I mean, we got to sell this and and help the poor. You know, I mean, it's such a lie. It's it's like all the phony preachers out there. It's like all those mega church preachers out there. It's all wrapped up in their book sales, their record sales, their the latest choir of the day, the latest Christian rap, all of it. It's all under the guise of taking the ointment and, and under the pretext of using it for good, when the truth of the matter is they seek to enrich themselves, it is that Judas spirit, it is the foreshadowing of this time and that Antichrist spirit as it pertains to the church, but also as it pertains to the agenda, the hidden agenda behind the, the curtain where, 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 where the Wizard of, of Oz, if you will, is pulling the levers this is what Satan is doing right now. That is why the, the global leaders have looked at this pandemic now and said, this is the biggest scam the world has ever seen as it, as it pertains to, to money, because that's what they've done. They've used it as a pretext to create an entire uh, you know, rescue plan uh, and, and just pump trillions of dollars into the global economy in the name of helping the poor, when in fact what they're doing, like Judas, is taking billions and billions of dollars for themselves and for their own nest eggs. I could go on, but let's say, so what we, what we know from this is that Antichrist is in the wings. Now listen. Something happens. Something else is going to happen. And this is where this false church is really going to be manifested. Because look at what it says in verse 9. Because of Lazarus, it says, Many of the people, or much, of, much people of the Jews, therefore, they knew that Jesus was in that house. <laughs> ah, man, all yeah. these things. You know what I'm saying? They knew they could. Jesus is over there. But listen to this. But they didn't just come because of Jesus being in the house. They wanted to see Lazarus too. They wanted to see him whom Jesus had raised from the dead. 
podcasters out there, you've been toiling away. Oh my God, I'm going to start preaching that we're not supposed to be preaching. You, you've been toiling away, man. <laughs> you've been out in, in obscurity. You've, you've wondered if God will ever use you again. Well, coming out of this, if you will walk with him, he will come to your house and resurrect it. And now they're not going to come to church because someone says that's where Jesus is. They're going to come because it's going to be filled with a bunch of people like Martha and Mary that are so humble, have the resurrection power of God in their life, and the fragrance of the Holy Spirit is all up in that place. Hallelujah. The evidence <laughs> Yeah. So they don't come just for Jesus' sake only because uh, that's the church over there. But they're coming because Lazarus is there. There's some right on, real, resurrected, you know, non-phony people, man, who've had an encounter with Jesus that are coming out of this. But listen, as a result of this, here's where the divide begins. Out of this, a true church is going to emerge, and it will be persecuted by the false. Because verse 10 says that the chief priests, they begin to consult how they might what? This is insane. Do what? Put Lazarus to death. Church. Mm. What does oh. this mean? It's it, A new church is emerging out of the tomb of religion out of this pandemic. Mark my words, in the season of Passover and all the things we've been talking about, go back and listen to it again. But the result is going to be a false church. This is echoes of Revelation 13, that false prophet that looks like a lamb, speaks like a dragon, enslaves the whole world in ecumenicanism, as, as I have it, and an ecumenical sort of mindset. But the true church who refuses to join the system and continue on the way it was that brought them to near death, they will not partake of this. But the pressure of the, the vitality of a group of people energized with resurrection power and the fragrance of the Holy Spirit leaves the false church with no other narrative because it hasn't repented out of this sickness, which isn't unto death. It becomes the very enemy of God and seeks to destroy those who have experienced his fragrance and his resurrection power in their life. And this kind of a believer and body that is emerging now, it's, it goes on to tell us in verse 11, it says, because that by reason of him, and in our time subsequently, if you play out the metaphor and the prophetic pattern out of this sickness, which isn't unto death before the glory of God and the Son of God, he says, because of these Lazarus uh, types, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. We're going to have an exodus from that compromised church. We're going to have an exodus of many people that are going to come out the other end of this sickness, which isn't unto death, and they will be drawn to the true resurrection power of God when they get tired of quoting their promised scriptures and declaring and naming it and claiming it and all that, because none of it works. All of it is energized by the devil. And you're going to see a mass exodus of many people. You mark my words in the in the coming days as we leave this thing. Because by reason of Lazarus, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Now yeah. wow. listen to this. And we'll get we'll close with this. It says, also then, think of this. A new message begins to emerge. That's what we see in verse twelve. Yes. Good, brother. Will you read that, brother? Verse 12? Yeah. You said in the coming days, the, the word of God says in John 12, 12, on the next day, much people that were come to the feasts, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Yeah, that's Hallelujah. the message that's going to emerge. And it's not, it's not, a, it's not a hopeful message. It's a truthful thing. Jesus indeed right. was coming, right? So yeah, this is yes. the pattern. Do you see it? This is the pattern that we're witnessing in our time. And Jesus is now coming when? At the season of Passover. My Lord. Hallelujah. And, and, the, Hallelujah. and, the, and this is how, take courage, church. We're going to go through, through some things. You better fasten your seatbelt. Because remember what we said at the beginning, that Jesus in his first coming embodied the fullness of the whole church so not yeah. only did jesus go through it but prophetically speaking he was going through it for his body that would go through it in the end now listen the message begins to change and that's what for brother fernando just read the next day 
many people which were coming to the feast, the feast is the feast of Passover, they heard Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. They took palm branches, they went out to meet him, and they began to cry, Blessed is the King of Israel, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Jesus is coming. And that is what message is going to emerge out of this. Those who are in the know, right? Because there was a whole bunch of people in Jerusalem that didn't know he was coming back then. But he's coming. There's a promise, right. as they used to say, coming down that dusty road, right? <laughs> he's coming. And if the Lord will allow us, we're going to go into part two of this tomorrow because things begin to happen. His, the, the way by which he came, the, ex, the mass exodus of people that came to Jesus because of the new church that will emerge out of this, who carry the fragrance of the Lord, who will have experienced the resurrection power of God and the fellowship of Jesus, the very presence of that fragrance begins to draw many away from the chief priests and Pharisees, so to speak, or the mega churches that are empty and devoid of truth and the true gospel. People are going to come to Jesus. And as they come, the message now transitions in the coming days to a bold and powerful declaration that all of this has always been and always intended to be a precursor for the children of God to experience that intimacy with Christ, to come out of it as the children of Israel came out when the death angel passed through and head on their way down the road to the promised land. Jesus Christ is coming. If you have eyes to see, and ears to hear, you've heard what the Spirit said today. Lazarus, the Passover, and the coming tribulation. If the Lord allows, we'll pick this up again right here tomorrow with part two. Brethren, do you have anything to close with? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking about the, the listeners, and they probably never heard a message on Lazarus like this. Um, but there's so much hidden that the Lord has left for us, and again, this is not seen uh, by the untrained eye. This is something that the Holy Spirit has to train our eyes to see. Amen. And and yeah. I want to I want to I want to explain this again. What the Lord did in the story and the raising of Lazarus from the dead, He used that story of that family as a twofold sign. It was a sign to the nation of Israel of his day. And in, in the story of Lazarus, he was trying to teach the nation the condition the leadership of Israel uh, had left the people in. They were spiritually dead, just like Lazarus yeah. would die. My God. He was, yeah. prophesying, he was prophesying, I've come. I'm the resurrection. I'm going to give life to my people. I'm going to raise up a people who, who can see who I truly am, that I am the Messiah, and that I have come. Amen. So understand that God will always use a family. He did it throughout Scripture. And through a family, he would condemn the world. He would condemn the religious leadership of their time for failing to yes. do the job that they were supposed to do. And the other, the other sign is for us to whom the ends of the world are come to. That story speaks prophetically to us. And in it, God has hit the end from the beginning, right? Yeah. He has hit the end. And what we're telling you is if you really, and I, and I challenge you, and I want you to go back and listen to this podcast because the way the Lord begins to open it up is so powerful that God is speaking to us through this story, and he's telling us, oh. bless the pattern there. And this is all taken before Passover, that God is going to lift up a church Hallelujah. The power of God, who is Lord, God. Yes, going Lord. after him. But also, in that, with that, will come the unveiling of the Antichrist agenda that is in the world, and in particular, in the church system. Fallen church. So I want you to take great courage that the Lord is saying, I am going to bring revival to those homes. Hallelujah. after me. Where Lord. I am their priority, where they will serve um, me in spirit and in truth. Passover, and I want to end with this, brothers. Passover, from what I'm understanding, it's always the dividing line 
Passover season always represents the dividing line where God begins to point out who are his and who are not his. What is taking place right now, what we will see is we will emerge out of this and the world will begin to see who are God's people and God's people will truly begin to see who are not of the Lord's. Yes. This, this is where we're headed. Amen. Amen. Yes, praise Jeremy. God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. I, I pray that you have been blessed, all our listeners, and I pray that as uh, you would take some time to go over this story again and and meditate on what is being said. And really, as 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 the Lord told the, the churches, if you have eyes to see, see and hear, hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches today. So while we are, what it seems, in a delay right now with this coronavirus, it too shall come to pass. Hallelujah. And a glorious church, a glorious church, a glorious church is on the rise today. And and, and just to echo what, what my brothers have been saying, yes, Passover, you know, if to all our listeners, it, I think a, a good advice for you will be for you to, to study the different feasts. And you can find very simple explanations on, on what what they are and why they're celebrated and what they represent. And this will help you to get a better understanding on what we're talking about. Like we're talking today about the Passover, which we see in Exodus chapter 11 and verse 12. So I challenge you to go and, and see for yourself and, and you'll see the, the pattern that we're talking about. That right before Passover, the two things that, that arise, which is judgment but also deliverance. Hallelujah. So this is twofold. This is twofold. The coming of the Lord is here. Hosanna, Hosanna to the King. Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you today, Lord, for your word, God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are revealing these things, Lord. For this is not something, Lord, that we just read somewhere in a book and a commentary. This is revelation that you are showing us, Lord, concerning the end times, concerning, Lord, uh, through the story of Lazarus, you are showing us an exact template of what is taking place in this hour. Father, I pray that through this word, those that are listening, your people will be encouraged. Your people, Lord, will will open their eyes, Lord, to see what truly is taking place, to see what God is saying in this hour. Father, that is the intention of these stories. As you, Lord, always spoke to us through parables and through stories that have been left in the word of God to reveal to us something that is that is to happen in this time, in these latter days. So I pray, God, that as Paul prayed, that you would pour out upon us a spirit of wisdom, that you would give us revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and that you would open up the eyes of our understanding for us to understand more and more the blessed hope, God. For in it, we purify ourselves, Lord. Father, I thank you for what you are doing. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will grab a hold of our lives, Lord, as we are being challenged. I know sometimes, Lord, it may be hard to swallow the reality of what's going on But in it, Lord, is our deliverance. In it, Lord, is what you are doing, opening up our eyes. And Father, I pray, God, that in the next coming days and hours, your spirit will continue to be with us, that we will hunger and thirst for righteousness. Lord, that we will turn our hearts to you, Lord. I pray for anyone who may be listening, who finds himself, Lord, in a a valley of decision, Lord, who finds himself maybe even confused that, Through these podcasts, Lord, and through the word of the Lord, God, greater understanding will come to them, Lord, and that they will know that you are speaking to their lives, Lord. I pray for the United States of America. I pray for every country of the world, God, that is going through through these times. Lord, to those that have ears to hear, let them hear. To those, Lord, that have eyes to see, let them see, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to send revival to our homes, Lord. To send revival, Lord, to our families, Lord, that, Lord, that this will stir us up to seek you, Lord, and to do what you have called us to do. We thank you for your protection. 
We thank you, Lord God, for how you have seen us through up to now, Lord. You have been faithful. And I know your hand is upon us, Lord. And we pray as you were with Lazarus. Lazarus means God has helped us. God, that you would do the same again for us, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for all that you're going to do. We thank you for your provision. And we thank you for your faithfulness. And we ask you this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says amen and amen. We pray that you have been blessed. We pray that you um, have been blessed by by this podcast. May God bless you. And as we always say, keep looking up.